Ready for another episode of The Marshall View then today, guys. And I am really pleased to be joined by Alex Parry today, who is a professional strength and conditioning coach. He's worked with um, lots of national and international competitors. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about the importance of strength and conditioning, um, especially for martial arts and things like that. So Alex, thank you for joining me, buddy. Like, Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an intro as well? I mean, that was a pretty decent intro, to be honest. Uh, my, my pleasure to be on the show, mate. Yes, exactly as you said. So I, uh, I'm, I'm all about strength and conditioning. So I help people get stronger, get fitter, improve at their sports performance, really. So that's that's me in a nutshell. I think your intro get it, you know, got right to the point. Nailed it. Awesome. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> what, um, what made you first interested in kind of strength and conditioning then and, and choosing to pursue that as a career? Yeah, it's a really good question. So like, I mean, back when I first started, my first like, dipping my toe into fitness was like you know trying to trying to run a little bit and I was just mouse so out of shape it was like running 400 <laughs> meters damn near killed me um I just wanted to learn more about what involved what the process of getting fitter involved so you know when I was getting injured or getting plateaued or I wasn't quite pushing forward I was like well why is that why is that happening what's sort of setting me back why am I not making progress and then on the other hand when I was doing really well when I was hitting big PRs in the gym I was performing well at my sport I was yeah. like, well, why the hell is that happening? What am I doing different now versus what I was doing before? So was, I just started wanting to know like more and more about the science behind it and how I could just get stronger and fitter and help others do the same, really. Amazing. Yeah, because it's a really technical area when you get into it. And obviously, there's so many facets and components to fitness in terms of the stamina, the endurance, the, um, like the explosive power, the flexibility, things like that. So how do you kind of break it down for people that are just starting to kind of want, wanting to get a little bit of a strength and conditioning routine into their into their daily lives yeah it really depends on where the person's at to be honest so like if someone's complete beginner never really done much in the way of fitness and gym work um, I just get people starting with the basics just have have a bit of fun really like emphasize you know try some different things out you know maybe try some running some cycling some swimming uh, go into the gym try some different resistance exercises you know if you've never done a squat try some squats try a lunge try some bench presses or overhead presses, just nice, simple, basic movements. Just try them out, see what you enjoy. I think for that first sort of year, it's just about just building the habits of exercise, building the habits of strength and conditioning, just learning what sort of works for you a little bit. And we can start to formalize that down the road. Sure. Um, something for most people then is when they're first starting to kind of think about starting an exercise routine or thinking about losing weight or toning up or doing something maybe not even for a sport specific reason just wanting to get a little bit healthier there's always that thing of you walking into a gym and you feel like a little bit of a dickhead because you're not sure what you're doing <laughs> you look at the machines and you kind of go oh, i'm not sure how it's going to work and then you you've got that that instant insecurity kind of thing where it's like ah, oh, like i don't want to make myself look like a tit so how do you kind of how would you suggest people combat this and get over it if they just want to kind of dip their toe into the gym world yeah it is a really good question like i think if i could share a story actually so the first mm. time i first time i went to a gym i mean it's really embarrassing as a strength and conditioning coach to admit this but i got <laughs> the bar so the empty bar by the way is like 20 kilos there's no weights on this thing and i walk it out and i'm like it's an empty bar i've got this and I squat down and I get pinned to the floor. Like I'm physically, I've got an empty bar and I can't squat. I can't stand <laughs> this bar back up and I'm shaking. Eventually I bail out. I get myself out. I'm safe. And I'm like looking around because I'm like dead embarrassed. Like, yeah, yeah. oh man, everyone's going to be laughing at me. No one even bloody noticed. Not one person <laughs> saw what I was doing. Um, and I think that's like the moral of the story. Like I promise you, like most, especially most commercial gyms, 
everyone cares far more about themselves. Like no one's there to see what other people are doing. Everyone's sort of focused on their own stuff. Um, and whether that's vanity or just everyone's really <laughs> hyper-focused, I don't know. But I promise you, like you, you could literally walk in wearing a clown suit and do the most bizarre exercises and no one would pay any attention. Like it's just, no one's, no one cares. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, I think. Um, you've coached some national and international competitors as well then, obviously in, in various sports looking to improve their their strength and conditioning. How did this come about and, and what kind of, or, or who have you worked with? Yeah, so the, the world of strength and conditioning is very much a, this person recommends you to this person. Right. You, you meet this kind of, so um, I ended up, I chatted to a uh, guy that ran like a gymnastics club ended up being more focused around like trampoline coaching. So I ended up working with a squad of elite youth trampolinists that would go to loads of national comps. Uh, we had a few international like competitors and amongst them sort of mixed there. Yeah. So coming from a guy that was used to uh, like strength training, strength and power work, suddenly you've got this group of youth athletes, loads of female gymnasts and trampolinists, and it's completely different setup. So that was, that was a good fun challenge. I bet. Um, from there, I've ended up meeting a guy that um, ran some of the like Leeds swimming uh, talent pathways. So again, quite like youth based. So you get, I think I had ages from like 11 up to about 17. Okay. Um, so I had four groups there and they were all just like targeting national record swimmers. Um, and that was such a high performance center. They were like, yeah. they'd got Olympians in that center. So everyone knew what they were building towards, like trying to get to the highest level that they could. Really driven. Um, but really different sports, like um, compared, you know, I'm a weightlifter myself, I'm all about getting strong, getting powerful. And then suddenly you've got swimmers that are spending four hours doing cardio every single day. So they're on completely the opposite end of that. Sure. So uh, a huge different mix going on. So you compete as well, then you're a competitive weightlifter. I'd call, I'd call myself a weightlifter. I'm not sure how competitive I'd class myself <laughs> as nowadays. Uh, <laughs> Take us through that journey then. So obviously, you know, having a 20k bar on your back and not being able to do a squat <laughs> to going into weightlifting yeah well again I'm just a massive geek about it so I wanted to learn and do more and more and more um I got just stronger over time you know I probably I just would have googled like how do I get stronger I'll have found a really basic strength program I'll have followed it and I'll have just tried to learn I think over time I just went well this worked this didn't work made a little bit of tweaking made some changes um, and then just sort people out, you know, I've been, I've worked with a few coaches over the years that have given me pointers and cues and just little different things that I can do and yeah. enhance my programming knowledge. And then they might point you in the direction of a few books and you're like, oh, that book's got some good ideas. I might try some of those, those things out in my own training. Um, and gradually, yeah, I just got stronger and stronger until the point I was, I was just in the gym one day doing actually, I was with a, a powerlifting coach and I saw, I saw some weightlifting movements being done in the corner of the gym. I was like, what the, what the hell is this thing? Like he's throwing this bar over his head and don't really know what, what he's doing and they've got weird names. And so I was like, the snatch and the clean and jerk. What's yeah, all yeah. this about? Um, and I just sort of got more and more intrigued in it. Um, and just, yeah, built up the knowledge over time and just learned by doing, I think is probably the best way of describing it. Awesome, yeah. So obviously this is a martial arts podcast. So we've got to talk a little yeah. bit about martial arts, I'd imagine. Um, why is it so essential then, do you think, for martial artists to have a good strength and conditioning um, program, especially if they if they want to excel in their in their chosen martial art or discipline. I mean, man, you could answer that yourself, right? Like, <laughs> you, you you look at the demands of like you pick any martial art, taekwondo, karate, judo, jujitsu, just pick one out of the hat, and how many demands have you got in that yeah. sport? You know, so you're thinking, well, I've got to be really fit. I've got to have the cardio to survive a round of a fight, right? Yeah. Um, and then what about okay? Well, I need to be strong enough to maneuver my opponent if I'm doing a grappling based sport. Um, if I 
can you know only if I'm half as strong as the person I'm fighting against, I'm in a whole lot of trouble really, really quickly. Sure. Um, and then what about your flexibility? You know, some of these positions yeah. you need to hit for these uh, various different martial arts, incredibly flexible. You've got to be strong in those positions. So you've got all these different physical characteristics that if you haven't developed, they're really going to hinder your performance in martial arts. So that's why I think strength and conditioning plays such a big role in it. Yeah, for sure. I think flexibility is often underlooked or, you know, or overlooked, sorry, like area um, of fitness training. Like I know I definitely don't do enough flexibility training and I'm as, I'm as stiff as a board, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> but unless you do a specific kind of discipline, like you said, Taekwondo, which focuses a lot on um, flexibility in that way for the high kicks and things like that. I think a lot of martial arts that just don't address it. And a lot of fitness programs, to be fair, don't really address the flexibility element. Um, they focus more on the strength and the endurance. So why do you think flexibility sometimes is a little bit, it's, it's a bit overlooked and forgotten about maybe? Mm, you know, I honestly think because it's not the sexiest thing. <laughs> like, uh, it's not the most exciting, is it? You know, like uh, if you're going to put on the front of your mag, you want to sell a really cool magazine or a program, you want your ripped six-pack athlete on the front. You don't want someone just doing like a hamstring stretch. It's not quite <laughs> as cool on the front. Yeah. Um, and by the time you get, you know, you think flexibility, you might put 15, 20 minutes at the end of a session, but chances are, if you've been training hard for an hour, you know, you've just done, say you've just done a big sparring session, you've been, you've been at it for an hour, you're tired, you want to get home, you want to get some food, you want to get a shower. The last thing you generally want to be doing is spending an extra 20 minutes yeah. stretching and doing all that stuff. So it's, I think it just gets put on the back burner, not because people don't realize it's important, yeah. just because it's not as cool and exciting as the rest of the stuff that we want to do. Yeah, it's not as dynamic, is it? Like you just sat there stretching. It's not as, yeah, if people want to work out and things like that, they don't necessarily think about a static stretch or a dynamic stretch either. It's kind of go, like, oh, well, well, I'll get my sparring and that's that's my kind of stretch. I'm warm. It's all good. Let's go yeah. for it that way. <laughs> exactly. That's actually one of the things I've tried to like get around that at the minute is uh, integrating like loaded stretches as part of dynamic warm-ups and as part of the session. So mm -hmm. instead of having loads of static stretches, I might get someone to do like a Romanian deadlift or like a hip hinge where someone can push their butt back and lean forwards with some weight as a really like dynamic range of motion exercise that's also developing strength. So it's like sneaking yeah. flexibility <laughs> and mobility into the strength work a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, what, are some, what are some common mistakes then that maybe you've found that people... Um, sometimes do in terms of the gym or in terms of making a workout routine or maybe even coaches that are, that are maybe doing more of a traditional based warm-up or workout rather than maybe something that's more evidence-based because especially in martial arts a lot of the time you just pass on what you've been taught but obviously you know evidence and education moves on over 20 30 years etc so but in martial arts you're still kind of doing a warm-up that maybe people were doing 30 40 years ago so what's your experience been of it? And, you know, what do you think? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've spent quite a bit of time in martial arts myself. I've done jujitsu and judo, kickboxing, all these yeah. really cool things. Um, one of the biggest things I see is just warm-ups that don't really do what they're intended to do. Or maybe they get you warm, but like the warm-up. Have you ever had one of those sessions where the warm-up is way harder than the session itself? Yeah. Yeah. Right? One of those where it's like warm-up, 100 burpees, off you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a warm-up is meant to be... Uh, it's meant to be this this period of time in which we can get our brains in the right like frame of mind. We want to increase our heart rate. We want to improve our mobility and do some dynamic range of motion work. We want to increase our power output. A warm-up is meant to prime us for the best performance possible in our actual training session. Yeah. Um, a warm-up shouldn't be come in, get beasted for 15 minutes until you're a sweaty <laughs> mess, and then hope to survive your training session. So that's yeah, yeah. probably the biggest mistake I see. Definitely. How long do you think a warm-up should normally last then? 
you know what? I reckon about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes is usually pretty good. You know, you can sort of come in, do some, some sort of low impact kind of cardio, maybe a little bit of like light jogging or rowing or cycling, depending on the kit you've got for a few minutes. And then some kind of dynamic mobility work, just some range of motion, some shoulder circles, elbow circles, hip circles. Sh- it shouldn't take ages. You know, you don't, if you're warming up for 40 minutes, you've wasted a lot of training time. Um, and I've seen it, you know, like powerlifters and weightlifters are the worst for coming in and chatting for 45 minutes and then pretending they're warming up. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I reckon 10 to 15 minutes is about, is about right. Okay. Perfect. And does that differ between martial arts, do you think, or should strength and conditioning programs um, have a different focus depending on what martial art you're looking at? Because obviously the needs of a Taekwondo guy or karate guy are going to be different from say someone doing competitive judo or maybe even just training jujitsu two, three times a week. Yeah, absolutely. So your general like warm-up might stay the same, but in terms of the specific warm-up and building into your session, we're going to want to alter that depending on the sport. So we might, I'm trying to think of some practical examples, uh, a taekwondo warm-up might end with a lot more dynamic leg work, a lot more dynamic kicks, leg swings, stuff that are going to get like hips, ankles, everything loosened up ready for the sport. Whereas if I'm thinking jujitsu or a grappling-based sport, I might be working on how can I get the legs and the hips out to the side maybe a bit more? So rather than this flexion upwards, we're looking at, can we get a sideways position so you can, you know, work your guard a little bit better? Um, So it's just thinking of ways that you can integrate some specific elements into the warm-up to prepare you for the real session. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, A lot of people have problems then with consistency and finding the motivation to begin with. So maybe they start off in a workout program, they're really motivated, they've got their diet nailed, uh, they've got their workout plan, right, I'm gonna work out two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. And then they kind of miss that first workout maybe after a couple of weeks and it starts going downhill after that and everyone's (laughs) going, no. And then one week you miss one workout and it turns into another missed workout, et cetera. So what do you think people can do to kind of keep on track in terms of their fitness goals? that's yeah that's really tough um and i'll be honest it's something that i think everyone struggled with at some point like there's no coach in the world there's no athlete in the world it's not had like one of those days where they just can't be asked working out or (laughs) they've missed it or they've skipped it for whatever reason Uh, i think one of the big things is just setting when you start goals that are like small goals achievable goals that you know you can do and trying to like set yourself just everything make it reasonable start conservatively so if i like if i know that i'm busy if i know that i'm working full time and i can you know i can only really commit to two sessions a week just commit to the two like don't sign yourself up for five sessions a week on the all access master martial arts pass and then you just like (laughs) you know stress yourself out because you can't make them all try and just plan around what's the minimum that you can consistently that you know you're going to do every week Um, and focus on building those habits like it doesn't matter if you miss an occasional session as long as you get back you know get back in it get onto it but give yourself the time to build those habits and build that discipline a little bit like um if you just try and go out the gate way too soon like way too hard just gonna burn out and um i just see it time and time again so yeah take it way easier awesome yeah and what about you then so obviously this past year gym's been closed and things like that so how have you managed to adapt your business to 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 moving online and and doing coaching from from an online platform how's it been for you uh well you know what i've been doing online elements for a while so i think i'd already tested quite a lot of these things out um from a practical standpoint we're blessed sort of nowadays with so much technology like you know between zoom and all these different things that you can chat to people face to face so I've been able to have like regular weekly or monthly catch-ups with athletes and see what they're physically doing. Yeah. Uh, I've been able to use like Excel spreadsheets and Google docs to like live update programs. So everyone can see their sets and their reps and what weights they should be using. 
and then they can update them live and then I can see and add feedback and harass them on their program if something doesn't <laughs> quite look right. So all the technology's really helped with that. Like I've got, I've got to say, like, I think had this happened 15, 20 years ago, it would have been a really different ball game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Imagine, you know, a pandemic without the internet. <laughs> what would we have done? <laughs> or become yeah, Buddhist monks and sat on the top of a mountain, like meditating or something. <laughs> this is it. Can you imagine a pandemic without Netflix? What would oh, happen? God. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine that. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. But yeah, it's been, it's been fairly decent all in all. The transition's been fairly smooth. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm looking forward to still getting back in the gym and seeing sure. some athletes in person and getting that environment, which is the one thing you can't really get online. You can't get that the same atmosphere, the vibe that you might get with a face-to-face session, but for the most part, it's been a pretty pretty nice transition. Yeah, definitely. Cool. We've talked about the physical benefits and obviously the strength and conditioning program, but what about the mental health benefits in terms of improving people's mood and things like that? And, you know, again, this is especially relevant at the moment when people are maybe feeling a little bit of lockdown fatigue and they're getting a bit sick of the whole situation now and mental yeah. health is, is maybe at the forefront of people's minds at the moment. So how can a strength and conditioning workout or strength and conditioning program help people to improve both their physical and their mental health i've actually written an article on this quite recently and i'm sure hey uh, there we go the expert. Somewhere, but <laughs> 11 benefits of uh strength training or strength and conditioning generally for, for for general health and physical health but also for mental health yeah i think one of the biggest things it gives us gives us is like that sense of control one of the best things about your strength and conditioning workouts is that you can incrementally load them and measure them and improve them. So, you know, this week I'm going to do three sets of 10 press-ups and the next week I can do three sets of 12. Well, that's, that's an improvement. I can measure that. I know that week to week I've accomplished something. I've got better, I've got stronger. And I think in a time where everyone's locked down and a little bit uncertain, that having that control is a really positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So that's, I think that's probably a benefit that, that's quite useful. And then you've got other just quite practical things like um, you've got those endorphin release from the actual training yeah. uh, and you've got better sleep quality. Like, um, I don't know about you, but like if I have a few days where I've not done anything, like I'm super inactive, I can't sleep for anything. Like my head's going around and I'm overthinking and yeah, pulling sure. over ideas. But if I've had a really hard training session that day, like my head hits the pillow and I'm like, gone. That's Zonked, it. Like, gone. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. Um, how can people find out more about you then if they're interested in strength and conditioning, either in person or online? How can people get in touch with you? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me. I've got a website, uh, www.characterstrength.co.uk, where you can find like articles and coaching and all that kind of good strength and conditioning content. I'm also on Instagram, character underscore strength. So it's all fairly simple to find me. You can just sure. you know, Google my name or chuck that into Google and you should be good to go, really. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Is there anything like final that you want to say to people in terms of, of what you do or yeah? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, you know what? Strength and conditioning for martial arts. Uh, I think my final thought would just be think about what the demands of your sport are and think about what your sport requires of you. You know, really think about what martial art am I performing? How might I go about altering my training to reflect that a little bit? And, you know, that doesn't mean doing bizarre one leg balance, still on a BOSU ball, one arm <laughs> press up weirdness. But just yeah. think about, okay, you know, if I'm going to be fighting for two minutes or if I'm going to be competing for, you know, a, a given amount of time, how can maybe my fitness training reflect that a little bit more accurately? So um, just put a little bit more thought into it. And I think you'll get an absolute ton out of your training. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming, Alex. Really, really appreciate it. Um, you can check out Alex, obviously, at the website that he mentioned, as well as the Instagram page. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in, th- in strength and conditioning, definitely go and give him a follow, a like, and, and get in touch with him. It's so, so important for martial arts and just general health and mental health, as we've discussed. So thank you so much, Alex.
Uh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for cool. having me on. Take care. Thank you. Take care.